Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of The Sex is Great. It's the dating that has me questioning everything. Um, yeah, we're navigating the highs and lows of dating. I am recording this right now in Woodstock, New York. I've been up here the last couple of weeks by myself, and you know, it's honestly like the first time that I haven't felt hot and bothered in a really long time. Like, it is sweater weather. <laughs> like hot tubbing in the morning. I'm running in the afternoons, moonrise over the lake. It's been such a dream. I had no idea that it would be so lovely to spend this kind of time alone. But I also have to admit, which I did on my Instagram at one point, that like I get scared because it's so quiet and dark and there are bears. But you like hear things moving around out there. And I'm just convinced those are people. <laughs> I like slept with a knife on the side of my bed. Somebody commented and they were like, uh, I really feel like you could probably hurt yourself and not someone else while you're sleeping. I was like, you're totally, that's valid. Um, <laughs> just Ash alone in the woods with her, like where you're like, oh, the voices are coming from inside the house. They're like coming from inside my mind. Like all of the scary stuff is just right here being manufactured because that's what my brain does. Um, Anyway, on to the episode this week. Two years ago, I recorded an episode called "Your Being Your Best Date or Be Your Best Date. And I was talking about at the time how I was going to ditch all my rules and self-imposed restrictions that I had placed around my dating life. I typically would go hard on finding, um, like basically, I would date one person at a time and I was looking for a partner always. That was the mindset. I wouldn't date multiple people. Sometimes I wouldn't even tell them, but like for me, it was just easier to navigate in that headspace. I didn't really feel like I had the bandwidth. And every time something didn't work out, I would say to myself, I would look at something maybe he had done or a circumstance and think like, hmm. I don't want to say that that went bad, but it didn't go my way. And it was because, well, he was, he wasn't fully divorced yet. So for now on, the new rule is they have to be divorced for at least one year. And from those, you know, from the date that they sign those papers, then I'll consider dating them. Or here's a good one. If they're dating a lot of people and they're on the apps, I don't want to date them because if they're not totally obsessed with me, then that's going to be uncomfortable. Like I could not handle all of the emotions that came with like other people, their lives, their things. And so I just kept putting a rule on top of a rule on top of a rule on top of a rule. Finally, I got to a place where I was like, can I even like date anybody anymore? (laughs) So two years ago, I was like, that's it. No more rules. I'm done. I just want to date and feel light and ultimately have fun. And I will say that I did have some fun, you know? I decided, I was like, okay, I'm gonna say yes more. Um, If people are on dating apps, no big deal. Not gonna be worried about it. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna date people I've never dated before, like I dated a woman, that happened. Um, What else? Yeah, people newly separated. I just was like, yes, 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 yes. And I didn't go all in on one person like my brain normally wanted to do, feel safe. And I had a great time, I will say. 
I did have, I met two wonderful guys on a dating app, one who I've become friends with and another who's like my sexy fun friend and my plus one for a good time. And as long as he's single, we agreed on that. That's great. And I was set up on a blind date and that guy also really just has turned into an awesome friend. And then on top of all of, you know, on top of those situations, I met people and I was just, I mean, smothered with attention. It was awesome. I had flowers sent to me. I had chocolate sent to me when I was going through a hard time. Like there were groceries at my door and dinners being sent and I was taking dancing and I just a lot of laughing. Wonderful. I like really did have so much fun. Um, but then on the flip side of that, it was like not so fun, <laughs> which is dating. It's not always fun. I think there needs to be one of those voices that comes up to list like all the side effects that are going to be happening. Just like when you take prescription medications or something and it's like thinking about finding your forever love and life partner, we recommend dating. Explore yourself and your body and share what you really want out of life along with your deepest secrets with a complete and total stranger that you may meet online, tipsy in a bar, through friends who know the perfect person for you, or just by chance. Some common effects or examples of adverse side effects caused by dating may include feeling stupid, embarrassed, rejected, maybe even crazy, semi-paranoid that you have as STI after making out, addiction to checking your phone for texts, posting thirsty pics on Instagram, high excitement to emojis such as fire and hearts, overanalyzing and problem solving like your life depends on it, and reading every meme about dating and therapy thinking thoughts such as, no, literally me or real, while sending them to all your besties. Side effects such as regret or self-doubt may develop, or you might experience a vulnerability hangover. We recommend you contact your coach or therapist if feelings of shame or rage persist. It's possible these symptoms could result in you doing some shit that you will absolutely later wish you hadn't. You may also experience feeling totally defeated and depleted in the early stages of meeting someone, in the middle, and definitely at the end. This is all normal. <laughs> I mean, how does she even know, right? Dating will stretch your emotional bandwidth and capacity to feel, my friends. You will question, why am I doing this? You will have moments where you are going to want to quit, amongst other things. Frankly, it's unavoidable. Today's episode is for those of you when you keep hitting those walls and your emotional bandwidth is just tapped out or you want to throw the towel in and just give up and you're texting your girlies, I'm done. There are no good ones out there who, who are, you're thinking like, I can't do this, this is hard, I don't know how, I'm not good, I will never, I quit. And then for those of you that unfortunately make it mean something about you, that something is wrong with you and you spiral into, I'm broken, I don't deserve anyone, I'm not worthy in love, or worthy of love rather, this is, this is for all of y'all. Number one, it is important that you hear first and foremost that you're not alone in wanting to quit. It's a very normal reaction for your brain whenever confronted with something that is not easy but hard or unknown to want to quit. The brain is going to not want to do anything that is new. I swear, and I think I say this on almost every episode, um, but it's important that we always just remember the, fun the fundamentals. 
the human, humans were designed with the motivational triad, that is to seek pleasure, avoid discomfort, and be efficient. Your instinct is to always quit when you perceive, when your, when your brain's instinct is to always quit, when it perceives something as a threat or thinks it's unsafe. It's a measure of protection. It's what the brain has done forever to keep us alive and to keep us going and it's evolution. And even though dating isn't life or death, the brain certainly perceives it that way. Second, do you know how much relief you feel when you decide to quit something on something? I mean, just think about like when you used to ditch school or you got like that extra day off or you're like, you know what? We don't have to do that. And there's just this chemical drip of relief that goes through your body and it feels so right. And your brain has all of this supporting evidence. And because the body has that same response, you've created a feedback loop. Unfortunately, that's a false feedback loop. I've believed it so many times. But this is what's going to happen anytime we want to accomplish something and we hit a wall. I could say that about work, I could say that about training and marathons. You go from like, I'm making progress, I've got a new lead, they're all in or oh my god we were doing um sprints tonight at the track and i made my pr i am feeling this i love it nothing's gonna stop me now and then the next day your lead is like a no show and you go on your long run maybe and you can't finish it and you're like what is even this life what is happening uh, yesterday i was moving and grooving what the actual hell is going on today nothing is working and we know logically that the brain is going or that logically we're going to experience down days and that everything has peaks and valleys and that it's part of the process but when it happens it is very difficult to see the big picture and not get caught up in or consumed with the emotions that come with it and not make it mean something about you. And depending on where I am in my cycle of any given moment or month, that could, that could just, it could just be the most extreme thing or, hmm. But when it happens, we wanna come back to this third part, number three. It's normal to feel the emotions of rejection or disappointment or doubt. Those are warranted emotions that come with things not working out. Just very human to allow for that. But what happens and what some of us aren't conscious to, what we do is we have added thoughts that come into play and we make what happened the result of, I didn't hear from him, he ghosted me, um, she broke up with me, whatever it is, that, has, that circumstance has a thought and a feeling then we come in and then we make that whole experience mean something about us. The he's not into me quickly becomes there's something wrong with me. And this is why we want to be really mindful to this because you don't want to quit because of maybe what the circumstances or what this other person did. It's not the people that you can't trust in the dating experience. It's that you can't trust yourself in these moments. You can't trust yourself not to judge yourself or criticize you. I'm so stupid. I should have known. What was I thinking? When will I ever figure it out? Why am I the only one who can't find someone? The thing is, is you're like literally never going to have a guarantee that the next person you date is 
going to be trustworthy or that you're not going to encounter someone doing something that is upsetting or that the next one is even going to be the one. But what you can learn to do is trust yourself and guarantee yourself some grace and self-compassion. You can trust that you're going or trust that you can develop an understanding with yourself. Trust that if something does happen, you can hold yourself and solve for the emotions you are experiencing, process your thoughts and not lose yourself, AKA become unhinged. You can trust that you won't hurt you in the process and you'll have your back on the decisions you're making. Over the years, I've been thinking a lot about this. I have seen oh, probably like 10 people that I've known over the course of the last, I don't, I've been in Austin for 15 years, um, who have gotten divorced, had these relationships long-term end, and they were adamant after that, I'm gonna find my person. I'm, I want to be married again, I want a life partner. And I watched how these individuals got on the dating apps, asked their friends for intros to anyone who might be dating. And these people were going out on 40, 50, 60 dates. They would get into a relationship. And if it didn't work, they'd go out, they'd be crying in therapy, they would be making every weekend, every weekend was like a girl's night. <laughs> and then very quickly, they were back at it. They were meeting new people. And eventually, those people who told me they wanted a partner and wanted to be married again, did just that. And I've wondered, like, how is it that some people say that, that they want to get married or find a life partner, end up with it, versus those who say it and don't? Surface speculation, surface speculation, there is an attitude there of, I want it and nothing is going to stop me. Like, they are not fucking around. And I know some of you might be feeling attacked by that and like, how dare she suggest that I don't want it and I'm not trying or doing all the things. And I, you know what, if that is your truth, do not give up. Another part that you're encountering, if you are in your late thirties, this is a numbers game. This isn't romantic, but that is the reality. People in their late thirties or older, um, going through divorces, navigating kids and exes, those who have not been married regardless of gender are like, what is wrong with me? Um, a lot of people at this stage in life are reflecting on and processing the last 20 years of the decisions that they've made and the relationships maybe that didn't work and why and what they did. Like I certainly have been in that place of reflection. Um, some people find themselves stuck. Then there are those who just like, insist they're not going to settle as if there's like perfection at the end of the rainbow. and. I really like listening to those people. <laughs> and then there are others that are just like really comfortable with life. They're not interested. They're like, that seems like a lot of work and you know, on and on and on. But my point is the amount of people who are actually serious about finding someone and being ready to commit to a partner is small. At this stage in life, if you're in your late thirties or in your forties and your fifties, when they say it's a small dating pool, you should just like take that literally. I was at a dinner recently and I was listening to this guy talk to this woman about his dating life. And he, um, she'd asked him about someone he had been dating and he was like, oh yeah, we're not dating anymore. And she was like, oh, and he said, no, it's good. It didn't last long. And honestly, I have a system in place. It's like this chart and so to speak, and I follow it, I make assessments from it, and it was clear early on that this person and I weren't in alignment. 
And the woman's response was like, maybe I should like use something like this when I'm hiring people for work. And he said, dating, work, if they aren't meeting the criteria, I cut and move on. It's a numbers game. My first thought was like, ew. <laughs> like, I hate analytics. Ugh. And then, gosh, apply that to the dating love life. Like, W. That's no fun. That's not sexy. And I, but I hadn't, like, heard, I hadn't ever really heard someone say that out loud. And, um, you know, like a, their personal analytical approach to dating and finding a, their long, that their love their soulmate, <laughs> but the more that I thought about it, like it occurred to me later, you know what? He's not all that wrong. It is about conversions and efficiency on some level. And it's all this chemistry and emotion and the story that is taking us out, taking us out of the game. It's all math and no drama. So like, now what I mean about that is he's making it about the facts versus his thoughts and his feelings. <laughs> he knows what he's looking for in a life partner. And so like regardless of the chemistry and the attraction and the desire, he's focused on an end result. Is this the prescription we need, I thought? Like if you suffer from becoming digmatized or construct, we'd like to recommend you try all math, no drama. <laughs> right? Like, seems like a cold, heartless approach, but will prevent you from feeling like you're hanging on by a thread or on a wild chase of crumbs and dopamine hits. If used consistently, you will minimize subconscious activations of your inner wounds, disabling depression and or downward spirals. We recommend you try all math and no drama before and after each date so that you don't suffer from many sleepless nights or experience achy, longing sensations mainly in your pelvic region and naughty bits. All math and no drama can prevent emotional withdrawals from ever starting. With all math and no drama, you will not lose your mind, ultimately leading you down a path feeling semi-sane, even if single forever. Hashtag save yourself, hashtag kind release. <laughs> this might be just the kind of chill we're looking for or that we need. Because I bet that guy wouldn't spend five minutes more of his life with a woman if she said, I'm not looking for anyone serious or I don't want to date anyone with kids. They would just be like, cool, bye. But some of you out there would pretend not to hear that. You would. I have. It happens all the time. You hear people, they're like, I'm not really looking for something serious. I'm not really available. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they figure out who I am. They just need to spend a little more time with me. They've never been with someone like me. <laughs> and you like throw yourself into it anyway. That's called choosing the drama, not the math. And I love, love, love the saying, all math, no drama, because math is the facts, the circumstances, the drama, the thoughts, and your story about what all that is. And we as humans can't help but like usually go with our thoughts and create a lot of drama. When I'm working with a client and I'm like, so tell me what happened. We're talking like 20, 30 minutes of them telling me what happened when they saw their date or their the weekend or whatever it was. And then I'm like, okay, cool. What are the facts? That's usually in less than a minute, four sentences, five max. Why does this matter? It matters because your thoughts cause your feelings. And in order to dial those down, we need to examine our thinking. The most effective way 
to do this is to look at the facts versus the story or the thoughts that you have. You want to notice what feelings you have coming up and sit with it. Just notice it, sit with it. You want to notice what feelings come up in your story and sit with it. I need to say that again. You want to notice what feelings come up when you look at the facts and you want to notice what feelings come up when you look at the story. What is the delta? What is the difference? One of those provides, I imagine if you sit in the facts for a little bit, you'll notice it's not as heavy and it's probably a little relief when you're over there. It doesn't mean you're going to believe it. It doesn't mean you're going to buy into it because our stories are deeply rooted within us. Uh, but it does give you an opportunity to see like, oh, here, here's the facts of what's happening and that's how that feels. And then here's what I'm making all that mean. It's, an, it's no wonder why I'm like totally getting taken out of my life sometimes. I'm not saying I as in me in this moment, but like I as in we a collective on this podcast. So for my lovers who are making their love lives, not working out means something is wrong with you, that you are broken, that you don't deserve love. I need you to listen to me. That is exactly what the world would want you to believe especially if you are a vulva owning person, not a Volvo, but vulva. Much of your worth and your value is placed on and directly equated to you being married and having kids. I have witnessed women over the last 20 years from family members to friends, to the women in my dressing rooms at Teddy's for Betty's, to my clients from coaching and even my very own brain. None of us are immune to the message that being in partnership is where a woman will find her value. I've also listened to the self-help world over the last five, six years, push an agenda or a narrative that relationships and partners, the ones that you choose, are only as good as you believe your worth to be. And I think that's trash. That you don't allow love because you don't think you're worthy, trash that you let people disrespect you because you don't respect yourself, trash, don't buy into that. You are trying to meet the parts of you that desire love and connection. And you have been taught to seek outside of yourself for love and protection. I want you to learn how to love and support yourself and not abandon yourself in those moments. These are your edges, my friends. These are your opportunities to learn how to hold yourself to calm your nervous system so you're not flooded, to come back to yourself and stop playing out and recycling these old stories that were imprinted on you from those around you, past traumas, what have you. You've been taught that you have to be something to receive and it's a lie. You've been sold a bill of goods that says once you have healed, your wounded energy, not only will you attract the kind, the, not only will you not attract that kind of partner anymore, a wounded partner, you will be in partnership as if it's like the relationship is this reward or summit that you will reach to know that you've done all the work. And that is not true. Your relationship status is not any indicator as to whether you have healed your wounds. As a human in this lifetime, you will constantly be wounded and healing, wounded then healing, wounded then healing. This is the constant game. It is the human experience. It is a way of bringing us home to ourselves over and over and over again. And as humans, we are wired for love and connection. So we're going to seek it. 
we just want to learn to seek it within when we can and then obviously out but keep coming back in if you find that you are mentally spiraling when your relationships are not working out or notice that you keep experiencing the same outcomes or essentially a toxic cycle excuse me toxic cycle or pattern pause just fucking pause and stop trying to figure out the other person because this is what we do we're like what are they doing why is this going on blah blah if we're just so hyper focused on the outside person's behavior and we're trying to figure them out and not figure out what's going on within ourselves and that is where we want to take a massive u-turn when this happens i want you to talk directly to your nervous system i have got you <laughs> like say it out loud i am here for you no matter what you want to self-soothe and start to sort of shatter and break up those stories that are coming up about your worth which again coming back to what are those stories putting it on paper and then what are the facts when you meet those painful emotions ask yourself what in me is hurting and where what is it that I need right now how can I tend to this with love and compassion how hard can I love myself can I be resolved to loving myself I would even write down on my piece of paper be resolved I am resolved I love myself go hard on loving you that's kind of like where this last little prescription comes in pleasure practice don't think I'm being cute with a podcast name like the sex is great <laughs> solo sex and orgasms are your best medicine absolutely you don't need to be waiting to have sex with somebody else to have great sex. Go have a sad gasm. Go have a grief gasm. Go have an anger gasm. Any gasm will do. You want to rewire your brain, these other stories, with the power of your pussy. We're going to get way more into this in the upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, you just start moaning out all that dated, I'm not worthy story nonsense. This is hard. I want to quit. And you start telling yourself just how fucking great you are how good you feel be the greatest sex you've ever had dating has side effects but you can treat them and it starts with going hard on loving you and I will say dating people who are newly separated and divorced I'm sure there's some of you out there that are like solid and golden and good but there's a lot of them giving you guys up like they're making it hard for you <laughs> I don't think I don't think I can do it. I think I'm gonna to have to reinstate that rule. It's um, it's pretty cons the outcome's pretty consistent. So I thought I really wanted to end on that now, but we started there, so I'm gonna end there. All right, until next week. Go hard on loving you, and you know what else? I love you. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Sex is Great podcast, where we are navigating the highs and lows of dating and relationships together. If you haven't already subscribed to my Substack, get on it. Not only does my podcast slip into your DMs when they go live, but so do my uncensored dating, sex, and relationship columns, videos from the behind the scenes of my life, and my monthly recommendations that range from content I'm consuming to sex objects I'm using. You know you want it. But if you don't want all that, no sweat. You can subscribe to my podcast wherever you like to hear yours. 
And if you're a woman who feels stuck and stagnant in her current relationship, unable to have conversations to either repair it or end it, and you can't stop seeking pleasure from other men in martinis, and you just feel hungover with guilt and unsure how to untangle yourself from it all, head on over to www.ashleykelsch.com to inquire about working one-on-one with me.